0: Thanks. Thanks, Gary. It's great to be back. Thanks for having me. Um I might just raise this up. All I'm right. Should Actually, we? no, can I do one housekeeping thing? That sure. I yeah. Is there anyone in the audience who could benefit from um, a listening assisted listening device? Um, if you're hard of hearing, you've got something that you can plug in and put in your ear. I'd I, I, I like to mention that before every reading. Going once, going twice? Okay. All right. Thank you. Um, so, yeah, I'll read some poems. That's what I do, it seems. And i um, looking forward to meeting everyone <coughs> hanging out in the scorching heat of the dying home. Um, but it was still nice. Uh, so, fine. I'm going to read uh, things from Speak Low and from a book coming out next spring and then just sort of stuff. Um, this is called the life you save. After the pine fields there's the marsh. You can see it from here. And after that? History ending, myth as it starts to stir. And after that? After that just the turning back again. Nothing you won't know already. The pine field, the marsh. And the reeds, too? The reeds that grow there? Yes. And the reeds that grow there, beautiful, invasive, they jostle in the smallest wind. Soon it will be as if nothing had ever happened. That was scary when you turned that fan off. (laughs) Wow. I feel churchly or something. This is called Black Swan on Water in a Little Rain. It's one sentence, but it ends. Seen this way, through that lens where need and wanting swim at random toward each other, away again, and now and then together, he moves less like a swan, black or otherwise, than like any man for whom sex is or has at last become an added sense by which to pass ungently but more entirely across a life where in between the silences he leaves what little he's got to show for himself behind him in braids of water green to blue wake of please and don't hurt me and you can see I'm hurt already. I told Gary that so he said, well, you should read for like 40 minutes. And I said, yeah, but you see, the thing is, it's like brooding and unmitigatedly. So <clears throat> it might not be that long. But <clears throat> I think you compared it to a, a spicy sauce or something. Um, this is called Until There's Nothing, Just the Sea, A Sea of Leaves. We'd been up to the meadow. The wildflowers that had seemed everywhere thinned gradually as we ascended. Think of an unbuttoned shirt falling soft in stages from a man's back, shoulders first, now the strength of a good arm showing more and more, and the chest, of course, the meadow cresting until we came to where the horses had been buried, crosses of thick vine, weathered and rope-like over two of them. Above the third, the presumed favorite, a cross of horseshoes welded together, painted white. Not out of boredom, but because I've always found it difficult to resist looking down from a great height, I looked away, down on the world that we'd left behind us. How unimportant it seemed, and at the same time, how very detailed. The skim and dart of blackbirds, in their swiftness seeming to foil their own shadows. They seemed to want to, and below that, the blighted orchard, whose trees could, in almost any light, make salvation look like nothing so much as a script that, in the end, though perhaps reluctantly, they'd been written out of. So much for the world. It was then he turned to me as if turning were an art, one he'd lost the mastery of, or as if some part of him, the part more wounded, were caught inextricably in the kind of dream in which one has been asked to say the difference between mercy, compassion, and pity. And, to one's surprise, one does know the difference. The answer comes as a star, clear, attainable, blindly, a bit unsteadily, Stutter of gratitude, sway of despair, the hand rises, as if at last to reach for it. Continuous until we stop. But when I came to what I'd been told was the zone of tragedy, transition, it was not that. was a wildering field, Across it, the light steadily lessening, and the tall grasses waving deepened their colors, blue-green or a greenish-blue, hard to tell exactly. It was like when the body surrenders to risk, that moment when an unwillingness to refuse can seem no different from an inability to, though they are not the same, inability, unwillingness. To have said otherwise doesn't make it true, or even make it count as true. Yes, but what does the truth matter now, I whispered, stepping further inside what by then was night almost. The tamer animals would soon lie down again, and the wild go free. I'm not good at patter. I don't have patter. That was my patter. That was it. Hmm. Um. Howdy. This poem is called Shimmer. Shimmer. He'd have drowned without me. The eyes stay shut. The mouth spills slightly open. The lips move, or the snow's movement makes them seem to. I can't tell. The gulls huddle as they will in a storm, the snow not so much settling on as hovering about them, the wind in sudden gusts lifting their feathers, then the feathers finding again those positions that make flight for a time. Look possible. When did souvenirs of what happened start becoming tokens of what could have been? Becomes one of those questions that more and more I keep forgetting to stop asking. Now the snow seems a minor chord, now a form of mercy, making less hard the edges of what's hard. What's the point in asking? Why not rest my head upon the mirror that his chest is? Mirror, window, mirror. Yes, any sky at night when the flickering of snow lightning gently punctuates it, whatever it is when it's not bewilderment or daring and not fear either, also the mottled bark of sycamores in autumn for where the skin was like that, yes. But more like arousal? Or more instead like the mind just before the idea of arousal courses bluntly through it? That part about the body asking for it, to be broken into, is that the first or last part? Once the body's just floating around, you know, as is the way in life, it seems. <clears throat> that's why I don't do patter, because that's the kind of thing I say. In a church churchy environment, is this a church? What is this? Is it a town hall? Oh, well, that's close. Glory on is the name of this. Are you giving me a cue? Okay. <laughs> I didn't know if he was telling me I should do something different. So <clears throat> it's called Glory on. So there's a rustling in the grass that is not what rustles from within the fir trees unadorned, transfixed, aromatic, so what? Show me a longing that's got no history to it, that steep glide into what it meant once to have glided steeply, and I'll show you belief as a thing that's touchable. Go ahead, touch it, try to. Brokenness, you do surprise me. Here I could have sworn I'd lost my taste for you, You being an accident like all the others that one by one constellate, first becoming a life and then as if the only one, as if no other were possible. Since when does that make a world? Whose business but mine is it if now when I grieve, I grieve this way, crown in hand, little flowers of gold? I think it is as hot as the dining hall in here. Uh Mm-hmm. I was misled. I was told there were fans all around. There's just one. Storm. From the waist down, at least, nothing unfamiliar. Cypress trees, the catalpa, its seed pods hanging like shadow icicles, and the light around them, and the bodies that enter the light and leave it, your own among them. But it's when the body seems most to want, impossibly, to step free of itself, oblivion of wish, of wishing. About sanctuary, how over time it makes the birds come closer, how that's different from trust, isn't it? What the fuck do you think you're looking at? He says softly. What a thing to say. The mind protecting itself by shutting down an intimacy that most likely won't be returned. Why expect it? As if that were the mind's chief purpose, to resist a fall, though falling's what the body does best, is quick to rise for, moving toward you with all the ceremony of many wings at once outspread, a holiday descending. The dark adjusts itself, settles its wings inside you. The shadows that strut the dark open and fold like hope, a paper fan, violence in its pitch and fall like waves. Above them, the usual seabirds, their presumable indifference to chance, its blonde convergences. As when telling cruelty apart from chivalry can come to seem irrelevant, or not any more the main point, he touches himself here and here, directive, turns his face away. It can look like ransom. Now it looks like Privilege now recklessness, now triumph, gravel and blood, humiliation, lovely, now strict refrain, he taketh my hand in his." I was going to say, though I hate it when people talk about origins of poems, that that actually just came from having a picnic on the banks of the Mississippi, but you just never know. It's wild out there. <coughs> I'm sure that doesn't happen in Vermont. There's mosquitoes. And charm. Almost tenderly. It had the heft of old armor, like a breastplate of bronze, like a shield on hinges. It swung apart like a door. Inside it, the sea was visible. The sea and on the shore, a man stripped very gently tenderly almost as if to the man to calm him but in fact to no one the sea was singing here in the deepening blue of our corruption let love be at least one corruption we chose together but the man said nothing why not call restlessness our crown and our dominion sang the sea but the man was a brokenness like any other moving until it fails to move the way over time suffering makes no difference his wounds were fresh still open where the light fell on them they flashed like the sea Hey, howdy. <clears throat> um, surrounded as we are, unlit, unshadowed. Squalor of leaves, November, a lone hornet's nest, paper wasps, place where everything that happens is as who says it will, because. As in, Why shouldn't we have come to this? Why not? This far, this close to, that below zero, where we almost forget ourselves, rise at last, unastonished at the wreckery of it, what the wreckage some days can seem all along to have been mostly, making you wonder what fear is for, what prayer is, if not the first word, and not the last one either, if it changes nothing of what you are still, black stars black scars crossing a field that you've crossed before holding on tight though careful for you must be careful so easily torn is the veil diminishment comes down to as it lifts and falls see it falling now it lifts again why do we love at all It's a reasonable question, but because it's fun and satisfying. Um, But to write that would be less interesting for me. So on that note, this poem is called Dark Angel. Now that the festival of Saint wish for it, and it shall be yours, is at last over, dying slowly behind me. I've come down to the shore. Black waves... Silver on black. This time, I'll accept what I'm given. I'll say I deserve it. Who knows? Couldn't I mean that, eventually? Sure you will. Sure, he says, whispering as body first, the usual set of wings after, black wings, silver on black. He maneuvers into the twilight, As if into some small crowded room Or smaller, a dream of one Though it's just me here Twilight, in whatever room Sea and sky make His legs as he squats Spreading open Yes, the usual stuff Findable, if you want Between them Now destroy, now revive For destruction Dark angel I hate you and and I love you like snow, like snow caught flying over open water from a fast-moving train. I think that poem's weird, actually. <clears throat> kind of scary, but you know, I like the snow part. That part's not scary, it's kind of pretty. "To drown in honey. Now the leaves rush greening back, back now the leaves push greenward. Some such song, or close to, I forget the most of it, his voice and the words pooling inside it, and the light for once, not sexual, just light, the light as it should be. You can build for yourself a tower to signal from. can become a still life, a slow ruin. You can walk away. They all say that. Sir, I see no way out of it. I have put my spade to the black loam that the mind at one moment lets pass for truth, at the next oblivion. I have considered. I know what's buried there. Emptiness and renunciation and ash and ash. Why then, so suddenly, overnight almost, all the leaves again? Why now, rushing back? This poem is called Civilization. Um Yeah, that's what it's called. civilization. There's an art to everything: how the rain means rain, how the rain means April, and an ongoingness like that of song until at last it ends. A centuries-old set of silver handbells that once an altar boy swung, processing. You're the same wilderness you've always been, slashing through briars the bracken of your invasive self, so he said in a dream, but the rest of it, all the rest, was waking, more often than not to the next extravagance, two blackamoor statues, each mirroring the other, each hoisting forever upward his burden of hand-painted, carved-by-hand peacock feathers. Don't you know it? Don't you know I love you? He said. He was shaking. He said, I love you. There's an art to everything. What I've done with this life, what I'd meant not to do, or would have meant maybe, had I understood though I have no regrets. Not the broken but still flowering dogwood. Not the honey locust either. Not even the ghost walnut with its non-branches whose every shadow is memory, memory. As he said to me once, that's all garbage down the river now. Turning, but as the utterly lost, because addicted to, resigned all over again. It only looked, it it must only look like leaving. There's an art to everything, even turning away. How eventually even hunger can become a space to live in. How they made out of shamelessness something beautiful for as long as they could. This poem has these little silent fragments floating along, which I will try to convey. Immaculate, each leaf and every flower is the name of it. And everywhere, the smaller birds again noising, filling steadily all the cracks between spells of rain, as if song could still mean something useful. Or a kind of pleasure that, like forgiveness, came easily and summer storm that forgiveness is passed quickly through. And the undersong that has been your own voice saying, No, no, I'm not afraid. What we cannot do, what we cannot undo, all the work we must do. As for ruin, Yes, but faintly. The gray of doves. The gray of doves in shadow. Which brings us to our final little quartet, which is real when I say it. I've been to so many readings where people say, "I have a couple more. A couple is two, but somehow it's eight. Um, you know, Or I have one, but it's in 16 parts half of which are in another language. Frightening, distasteful. Um, This is uh, The Raft. Color of rust, russet, color of fall. I can lay my head on the wet sand that is nobody's chest now, not a chest at all, or I can lift it. Why not lift it? more fugitive than lost, more spent than stranded, if I've been no stranger to disillusionment, nor am I enslaved to it. The one who wanted me just to hold him gently, the one whose mouth was his only tenderness, the one with whom, about whom, who was a light as off of water that kept unsettling like thought itself, like the scrim of thinking when pierced suddenly by what nothing but instinct, pure gut, explains. Inside me, the old desires half-negotiate, half-meander their way back again, find those places they never stray too far from or not for long. I had thought the truth would be a falcon, For how it rarely soars, as much as for that precision with which, on wings instead built for speed mainly, it descends, then strikes. But it is not a falcon. The truth is a raft, a rough at each of its edges affair, of many sturdinesses lashed together. Standard beauty, realized expectation. The lucky ones get to choose, and they choose when they want to. From this distance, it's hard to tell at first. The raft's moving closer, I think, though it's still far away. So because I said there was a quartet, that means there are three now. Sticking by my word and my respect for you. Undo it. deep from within the changing colors of a life that itself keeps changing. I know the leaves prove nothing, though it does seem otherwise, about how helplessness is not a luxury, not a hurt by now worth all the struggling to take back, but instead what we each inevitably stumble sometimes into and sometimes through. As for that grove within a grove, That desire has so long looked like. Falling, proof of nothing, Carrion birds clouding the slumped boughs of the mountain ash. I can almost see again. We'll drown anyway. Why not in color? You're no more to me a mystery than I to you. Dominion. Sometimes I take the leather hood off. I refuse to wear it. As if I were king or a man who's free. Ravens, red-tailed hawks, the usual flocks of drifting most of the time strangers, settle the way even things that drift have to, and I don't care. All over again, I know things that nobody knows or wants to. Things that, though prettier maybe, against the snow of memory, can still hurt all the same. Any blame falling where it falls. That random. That moment each day when the light traveling across what's always been mine to at any point take back or give elsewhere becomes just the light again, turning back to dark. When the branches stir as they've stirred forever, more tenderly over some of us than others. Sing, or don't sing. Help me take this leather hood off. I refuse to wear it. I'm the king. I'm free. Cathedral. And suddenly... Strangely, there was also no fear either. As a horse in harness to what inevitably must break it. No torch, no lantern, and yet no hiddenness now, no hiding. Leaves flew through where the wind sent them flying. Thanks. Thanks.